Welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate. We are on episode 31, Let the Past Die, Kill It If You Have To. Tonight we're going to be talking about the new AMG 2.5, or should we just call it 3.0? I don't know. Changes that they are making to the game. Along with that, we're going to be looking at some of the new spoilers, talking about LVO, and maybe, maybe just a little bit about the new Spider-Man movie. Without further ado, let me bring in my co-host for tonight. Please welcome Mr. JJ and Mr. Charles the Dill Pickle Dillman himself. What's I'm getting you a on, Dill Pickle everybody? shirt to wear when we go to LVO. You do what you want to spend your money on, my friend. It'll say Planning Face Syndicate, the Dill Pickle. <laughs> a big picture picture of an X-Wing pickle. Oh, <laughs> Dion would hate that. <clears throat> Yeah, I would right. I would wear it for no other reason than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, so uh, how was uh, your guys' weeks? Uh, pretty solid. We did uh, Flesh and Blood on Saturday as normal. Uh, Friday, I went and saw West Side Story, which was really good. Uh, and then happened to be at Disney Springs, which is, for those of you that are not from Orlando, uh, it's a gigantic outdoor mall that's owned by Disney. Uh, and I happened to be there on release day when they put out all of the new merchandise for the Book of Boba Fett. Um, so I may or may not have spent way too much money on Boba Fett stuff. Um, I'm sure no one that has followed this podcast for any more than like two or three weeks is surprised by this. Uh, but that was my weekend. Pretty solid. Awesome. How about you, JJ? <clears throat> Good week. Um, I took the last of my vacation days this week um, because otherwise I'll lose them. So I've been out of work since like Tuesday, thankfully, uh, just to like recharge and stuff. I got to see Spider-Man. I won't spoil anything here, but fantastic movie. Um, definitely my favorite Spider-Man out of all of them. And Dumb Dumbledore dies. Actually, no, I was surprised when Goku <laughs> showed up and uh, used the <laughs> All the spoilers. <laughs> when they pushed Doc Ock into the Sarlacc pit, I didn't know how to respond. I know. And then the Millennium Falcon shows up finally, you know, out of hyperspace. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, what's funny is um, so we went on on Friday because my brother wanted to go and he was in college um, on Thursday and didn't know if he'd be home for the 7 p.m showing so we just we had to wait till friday so i had to black out on the internet for the most part for pretty much all of thursday and all of friday and it was awful like it's like i had my facebook messenger and that was it like i didn't go on facebook um i had scheduled posts that would go up but that other than that i i didn't read anybody's stuff because i didn't want to get screwed and get a spoiler you know um and I will tell you, I will tell you, it is 100% worth seeing in the theater if you like Marvel movies. I will say there is one part I'm extremely disappointed in. I think we lost you, Chris. Yep, there you go. He's back. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. So there is one part. I thought it I was, was a dramatic pause. I don't know. too. <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect point. The perfect no. point to pause. Um, but <laughs> there is one piece that i'm not happy about um we won't go into it because it is a huge spoiler but out of the whole movie there was only one part i didn't like um the one part that's probably not a spoiler that we could talk about is you know the spider-man meme where the spider-mans are pointing at each other yes they did that for real in the movie it was effing awesome 
and like I'm sitting there like hitting my son and he's like it's it that's not funny dad but it, he's like I was like but it is it is like it I is. think this is hilarious because you know we have this and they somebody needs to make one for um Boba Fett and Django and the Mandalorian and just have all three of them like pointing at each other like is is this your Grogu is this yours is this yours no, nobody thought that was funny. Yeah, that was great, actually. I, 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 I would I would probably do Boba, Django, and a clone trooper, considering the Mandalorian is not the same <laughs> character. Um, I saw one the other day that was, uh, it was the Mandalorian and the Witcher and one other, because they all have very similar storylines where they uh, pick up an adolescent uh, sidekick throughout the show and are in charge of protecting it. And I didn't really ever think about that. And then I started thinking about like the storyline for The Witcher. And I know season two just came out. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah. Um, but it it very much parallels The Witcher very much parallels uh the Mandalorian in their storyline. Yes. Um now I guess you we could argue about which came first. I mean, technically speaking, the Witcher came first, uh, if we're being honest, but little bit different <laughs> different there um so the other thing i, I don't know if either of you have been watching hawkeye, hawkeye but hawkeye yes. has been insanely good and the spoiler at the end of the villain they bring back is holy shit man like yes i, I refuse i'm currently in boycott so why uh i'm excited for wednesday's episode it is the final episode and then the following week we get book of boba Fett. so yeah oh i know so so why are you boycotting Hawkeye? So as a, a musician, right, uh, being recognized for your contributions to certain things as an artist, whether it's music or physical art, uh, is extremely important to what artists do. It's how you make money. Um, the physical artist that drew uh, the comic book that the Hawkeye art for their opening credits completely rips off. Uh, received no credit, no royalties, no nothing, no recognition, not even a not, like not not even a mention in the opening credits. Like art inspired by so and so, he has basically just been removed. And if you look at the comic book Hawkeye to the opening credits of the series, it's almost a scene for scene take from the Hawkeye comic books. And so until they give him the recognition and the credit for the artwork that he did, I won't watch the show. And I know it's a drop in the pond. Like Marvel doesn't care that one person is not watching the show. Uh, but for me, it's again, that's how artists make their money is yep. recognition and, and, and being given credit for the work that they do. Uh, and I can't support something that's not doing that. So fair enough. Either which way, I was very excited, and I'm very excited to see uh, what other characters they might bring back from some of the other, um, some of the other shows on other networks. <laughs> and we'll just yeah. put it that way, and we'll leave, we'll leave it there. And in a week, we can we can probably talk about it. Maybe two weeks. I don't know because <clears throat> when Book of Boba Fett comes out, you know how hard it's going to be not to have a conversation. And yeah, I don't know if we're going to have to do like an after hours show or if yeah. we're going to all get together at like eight o'clock and like pre-record something and then release it only afterwards. I don't know. 
Like yeah, this next, my to that. Yep. This yeah. next two weeks is going to be crazy for like geekdom as as a whole. Because the twenty second, you have the new Matrix movie dropping, and oh, yeah, then one right. week later is the the Book of Boba Fett. So you're going to have quite a bit of uh, nerd resurgence uh, when yeah. it comes to that overall. So super excited for that. As excited as I am for the Matrix, I don't. And think oh, I'm if going to watch it opening night, so I won't. I'll tell you that. So I will tell you if you guys are into like programming at all. Or like interesting things, and you have one of the next gen systems, like a PS5 or uh, an Xbox Series S. Um, go into your Play Store, download the uh, the Matrix um, Unreal Five demo. Um, before I before I pitch this too hard, I know it has nothing to do with X Wing, but it's not a game demo in that sense. What it is, is it's, it has a user interface that allows you to turn off certain textures uh, and see the vectoring behind the graphics and how Unreal 5 works in an interactive like environment. You can increase the traffic, decrease the traffic, do bird's eye view with like camera angles and different stuff like that. Um, but it's a really, really awesome representation of, uh, of what the new Unreal Engine is capable of. And it, it was like 15, 20 minutes of, oh, that's really cool. And then I was done with it. But if you're into that sort of thing, the programming behind video games and stuff, give it a check out. It's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, so. I do have a PS5, so <clears throat> I can play with it, I suppose. It'll be something to do over the holidays. There you go. <laughs> All right. So before we go any further, I want to I'm, I'm going to preface this next piece right here. And and there. So the, the the episode we named the episode, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. So what I want to do is we're going to have in a, in a minute, I'll let the two others talk. But I, I, I want to have a, a conversation, I guess, a little bit around some of the changes. So we're going to get into depth of all the changes that AMG is proposing and basically saying these are coming. What I want to do is, is so if we talk about, and I, I hate saying The Last Jedi because I can already see the cringe value coming from everybody else. I like that movie, personally. Um, and this, the new changes to AMG and some of the things that are coming out, plus Kylo Ren's um, you know, statement of letting the past die, kind of plays into it, right? Because they kind of decided to end the series and try to let the Star Wars saga go somewhere else. We've been talking about freaking Skywalkers for way too blind, way too long, way too long. And like, I'm a big fan of the Thrawn books that have been coming out. Um, I've actually enjoyed all the new um, High Republic books that have come out as well. And I've read, I'm on the, la the last one that came out, I'm about halfway through that one right now because I stopped reading it to get to Thrawn. But one of the important things I think that needs to be talked about, right, is the reason Kylo Ren says this. The reason he says this in that movie, right, is because essentially it's how does Star Wars get away from where they're at, right? How do we go in a different direction? How do we do other things? How do we evolve so that we're not just regurgitating the past? And my wife will tell you all the time, and she hates when they reboot movies, right? She cannot stand it. It's the worst. She doesn't even want to go see the new Ghostbusters movie, even though it's not technically a reboot, because it feels like a reboot. And there's so much more content. 
And in Star Wars world, I feel the same thing that there's so other worlds that we could be talking about. There's so many other things is, is it all have to be centralized here. Right. And so as, as, as this afternoon, as I was prepping for the podcast, I kind of pondered, right. What's going on. What, what's happening? Is there a new phase coming, right? What does it mean for us as a podcast? What does it mean for us as individuals? Where do, where do we want to go with that? Right? We don't need to destroy the past, in my opinion. We need to learn from it. Where can we be better? But when we say that and we say, hey, let the past die, the other statement I think of is from Yoda, right? Where he, Luke and Yoda are having a conversation about what we are. We are what they grow beyond, and that is what uh, the sentiment of our podcast is going to be, right? I don't agree with all the changes. I will get into exactly what I do not like here very shortly. Um, we're not going to stem people from venting and having their opinion. But what what I want to do is commit this podcast and, and our streaming show and our, our new our, our, our lineups to say, hey, we're here. We're here for the changes. We're not going to go anywhere. And we're going to be here until they cancel the game or make it so unplayable that it's silly and illogical. And you're welcome to come on the show and vent and talk in the chat and do anything you want to do to complain about any of the issues that are going on and your thoughts. But we're, we're here to say, yeah, you're right. It sucks, but here we are. Let's move on. How do we make this better? Because I feel that what they've done is created an opportunity to open up so many more avenues. And, and, and you know, like... One of the podcasts I listen to regularly right now is the Fly Better podcast. I listen to that every every week religiously. And last you week, guys are terrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> last last week they were taught they they talk about it. And, and one of the things that they've been doing has been very positive. Dion sometimes drives me nuts because he gets so technical and analytical, and he's like, "Well, I like it, but I like it, but." And it's like, "Okay, well, hold on. I want to say the same." The men. I like these changes. I like where they're 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 choosing to try to bring the series of the game and that they're investing in it. Do I always like how we're going to get there? No. So my but is, yeah, but some of these changes are going to suck, but it's going to force me to relearn and spend probably another 40, 50 hours of playtime just testing how I can master this new meta. But I'm excited, and I'm committing our podcasts and everything. We're going along with it. We are. So if you're saying, hey, I want old content, I want to talk about the past, it, we're letting the past die. Once the new rules come out and things like that, they're here. We can, we can talk wax poetic all we want, but at some point, they're here to stay, and either we're going to embrace them or not. I'm saying at this point, I'm committing, and, and we've talked with the guys on the show – we're committing to moving forward and to hopefully um, hopefully putting out uh, awesome, amazing content uh, for everybody each week with the new rules. Yeah, well said, Chris. I, I definitely share the same sentiment. You know, um, ultimately, AMG has the reins for the game right now. They are making changes as they see fit, as they feel that will make the game better in their opinion and their point of view. And they've in the last um, the last stream when they were going over the the rules changes, you know, they went over some of their philosophy that they're trying to do. Whether you agree with it or not, you know, that's that's definitely everybody's personal opinion for it. 
but at the same time, it's um, it's what's going to happen. It's what's coming to the game, and you can you know stand your ground and you know complain about you know well the days of old. This is how the game was, and that's how I like it, and I don't want it to change. You can still play that. That's fine. You know they they've made it clear that they're not touching extended. Extended will still have. Um, everything that we have currently, right? Uh, all the ships are still available. All the cards are still available. Um, you can still play with the old rule set. They call it the Wild West <laughs> of uh, of X Wing. Um, but they're introducing a North format, and a lot of these uh, these new rules and a lot of the new interactions are meant for that new format. Um, and if your local gaming group wants to still follow the old rule set, they certainly can. Um, there's there's it's still playable honestly um but yeah i mean there's there comes a point where you know the game does get stale after a while when there's nothing new that can be added to the game um and you know there's a time every wave that comes out there's always going to be a, a change to the game somehow there's always going to be a new mechanic or new upgrade that changes the game and some people might overreact sometimes when that comes out you know when they find a new upgrade that they feel it's going to bend the rule or break the game in some way honestly i treat this as no different yes it's a much more wider impact to how the game that we know is played but at the same time it's exciting it's new it shows that they're still working on the game they're still working for content and that means that there's a future for the game too yeah and, and on my end i i've been playing x-wing since you know, Vietnam. I mean, since 1.0. Um, and the game has changed and evolved beyond what it ever could have been in our minds. Um, you know, when we went from 1.0 to 2.0, there was an exodus of insanity where people were just like, oh, nope, the game is going to be horrible. It's going to be the worst thing ever. It's going to be terrible. I'm done with X-Wing. I'm out. And they could not have been more wrong. We've got new factions. We've got new ships. We got new pilots. We got a whole bunch of new mechanics, a whole bunch of new like iterations of the game that we love. This is another step in the evolution of what X-Wing is. Um, if we think back to a couple of months ago when they announced that there was going to be random turn order, it was like the, the, the sky had ignited and started burning. And people didn't know how to react. And it was the worst thing ever. And it was going to happen. And now we're a few months removed. And yeah, it sucks because it's an extra step in the bureaucratic, you know, turn order that is X-Wing. But by and large, has it really had that huge of an effect um, on our overall gameplay? And my experience is no, not really. Um, my experience, it, it adds an extra step, but by and large, it didn't change that much. Um, yes, they are making some rules changes. Yes, they're going to affect the way that we've played this game. Uh, but if we look at it realistically, since 2018, when 2.0 was announced and everybody bought their conversion kits, and then, you know, the beginning of 2019, uh, we're working on, you know, we're going into three, but almost four years without any major rule changes. There have been erratas, there have been clarifications when it comes to rules, but by and large, the game hasn't changed. It hasn't evolved. There's been no massive change whatsoever. Um, I, for one, am not a big proponent of change, but I also understand that it's it's inevitable. 
right? In order for something to grow, in order for it to become more than what it currently is down the road, you have to be willing to embrace change, whether you like it or not, and and just trust the people that are designing the game, uh, the people that are building the game to do their jobs. Um, they ultimately, they want to make money, right? Let's, let's look at this from the base. They want to make money. They want the game to be profitable. They're not going to make any active decisions that are going to kill a game that they want to be profitable. Period. End of story. It is a business decision. They see that this is going to strengthen the game, the player base and bring more people in. So they will make more money. Um, and star Wars is already printing money. So if we can make more money, then all the better. So I'm I'm all for it. Let's let's see where it's going and what it's going to do. You know what I mean? Yep. So why don't we transition into and I think JJ froze. Oh, oh, there he is. Okay, I'm he's here. just sitting. Sorry. Man, you you are still motherfucker. Oop, I can't say that. You are still, <laughs> you are still person there. Holy crap! All Steady right. hand. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I, before we get into the rules changes, and we we will. And 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 Wookie Barber, I a hundred percent agree with you in the communication. I cannot stand their style of communication at all. It bothers the piss out of me. I, I will say that I don't like FFG's form of communication either, though. Um, I don't like the fact that all they did is put an article out and then didn't do anything. At least AMG's talking to us. Um so at least we have that. I, I enjoy I enjoy that piece of it. Um and I'm I'll tell you what. That dude is a very brave guy to get back on stream and play X-Wing. Both of them, again, after a month later, after all the critiques that they got. After the meltdown? Whoa. Like, that's that's cool, you know. So. I I mean, I look at it, and and Chris, I'll, I'll call you out a little bit, right? If we go back to, like, episode 20, right? We go back 10 weeks ago, you know, between 15 and 20. There was a very large uh, Christopher Tanner rant about the lack of communication from AMG and how we just want to hear from them and we just want to know what's going on. And now they're doing that. And sure, it's not the most polished. But if we look back, and and JJ, you can speak to this. When we had GSPN at Worlds and how Mm -hmm. they did the table streaming, and then FFG decided for the final tables that they were going to stream it. And it was terrible. It was terrible. The play-by-play was horrible. The angles were awful. Like, just let Dion do it. He does it better, right? Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, bring in some outside help until you can figure it out. And FFG just doubled down and kept doing terrible streams. Yep. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, they're trying like you said, Chris, the the fact that he got back up and decided, nope, I'm going to be the one that's going to do this. Uh, you know, accolades and commendations and everything to that individual because that is that's hard to do. I've never played on a live stream on a table other than when we did our tournament, and that was nerve wracking enough. I can't imagine what it's like with you know 400 plus, 500 plus people uh, watching you and scrutinizing your every breath. Because mm-hmm. they want you to fail so they can make fun of you because you're changing the game that they love and you have now become the target. Yep. And, and you, to some extent, you you had the right. I, I, I was aggressively vocal about the fact that I felt that their, their inef- inability to communicate with us 
created a con created a a a void that allowed for the nasty rumor mill to start. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Like, yeah. I will continue to critique them though on their communication style. But at least they're communicating, right? At, at least we're getting something. Um now where it was we were getting nothing before. Like before it was just trash. <laughs> you know, like, oh, are they gonna cancel the game? Or are they not gonna cancel the game? Who's doing playtesting? Why have we not heard from anybody in the playtesting group? You know, just all sorts of yeah. things. So at least now we're seeing what they had been playtesting. And I'll tell you what, if if this is the way they're going to communicate with us in the future, fine. I'll accept it. I mean, FFG used to give me an article that I hated reading. So <laughs> you're I, not wrong. I, I hated reading those articles so much. And they yeah. do it with Marvel Champions. And I can't stand it. Like my my brother and my my son send them to me, and it's like just read it for me and tell me what I need to know out of it because they're so boring. Do you know what I did with every <laughs> FFG excited. article? I'll be open and honest. You know what I did with every FFG article? I scrolled until I found a picture I could click on. Yeah, me too. And then on my phone, it would open the picture, and then I would just scroll through the scroll picture to look at the new cards <laughs> and the things that they would get. And when I got to the end of it, I would close it, unless yep. one of the pictures didn't make sense. And I needed clarification. I can't remember the last time I actually read the article. I just wanted to see what cards they were spoiling. That was exactly what I used to do too. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about the few of the spoilers a minute. So the first spoiler that they had was the ISP, ISP, ISB, and I'm not going to say it. There you go. Okay, I don't know how to say <laughs> that word, so I'm not going to say it because it's going to make me sound racist. So. Because, like, I don't know what that word means at all either. So it's basically like a war provocator, basically. Okay. That's what it means. Yeah. Good. Um, So this is exciting. It's a, it's a limited ship for two. Before you engage, you may choose one enemy ship in your front arc at range zero to one. If you do, that ship gains a deplete or a strain token of your choice unless it chooses to remove a green token. So I can see this being a big addition to TIE Fighters. Um, I still don't know if it makes the TIE Fighter any good, <laughs> especially when we talk about some of the changes. Um, but I don't know. Any Anybody else have any thoughts? I, am I the only one so, that plays Empire here? I think I might be. So I, I think this is actually a solid um, ship. Now, the only thing that I worry about is the cost about it, uh, the cost for this particular pilot. Um, because it has to be at about 27 points to be a competitive option for all the other options for other TIE fighters at that um, at that price point. You know, you got Inferno Squadron, you got um, Sane or Gideon or um, uh, Del Mico, uh, which all give you like different bonuses um, or better attacks. So while this is nice to um, like give that status token to another ship, um to possibly like either reduce their attack shooting back or to set up a, a shot um at range one with a strain um it's gonna be tough if it's priced too expensive so fair enough all right you I don't play at- Empire so I want to shoot it out of the sky that's that's my <laughs> that's, that's that's my uh my uh set there all right JJ next one 
Next one up is Moff Gideon, uh, and this should have four pilot here, also in the TIE Fighter. Um, side note, this is actually an Outlander TIE. Um, the main difference here is the Outlander TIE had the ability to um, to fold its wings in order for it to land on any terrain. Other than that, if it functioned identical to a TIE Fighter, um, that's just a little bit of lore. So um, his ability reads, while enemy ship at range 1, 2, 3 defends before attack dice are rolled, you may spend one charge and choose a friendly ship um, at this range 0 to 1 of the defender. If you do, defense dice cannot be modified during this attack, and the chosen friendly ship gains one strain token. Um, really solid ability, I, I, in my opinion. Um, this really helps you punch in, um, or it gives you the opportunity to punch in really good damage, especially if you're flying this with, let's say, Gideon Hask, um, and who's also initiative four, um, who can possibly um, like roll additional dice into that same defender, and you can do some serious damage with this. Um, also, another ship that would have to be priced competitively in order to see play um, because of its ability. So, there is a ship, I believe, in Scum that's similar to this, right? There, or is it a crew? Maybe it's a crew that we saw in Han for a while. Um, uh, what's the one? There is I think one. It's, I think. Is it green? Similar. No, it's not green. So there's um four lum, uh, which you can uh, eye on yourself. But there you that's go. about it. Yeah. And I think um Oh, why can't I think of there's a Midnight there's an, FO. No, there's another bounty hunter crew that allows you to manipulate your opponent's dice by spending a charge or something like that. I think Zuckus, but that's a reroll. There you go. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, stress stress for reroll. Yeah. But I so I agree with you. I think this has to be priced competitively. Um, I'm gonna. I I'll about this. I would pay thirty points for this ship, just in an Empire list. It's because it's initiative four, just right there, and you don't have to worry about the initiative of your ship to use those those charges, and you get the charge. But you can use one charge every round and get one back. I yeah. I to. If this is if this is thirty to thirty three points, this is almost going to be an include, I think, because it forces people to go after it as a target. It's kind of like Howl Runner, right? You want to kill Howl Runner immediately as soon as you see her on the board. You know, um, I think this ship can become one of those again. If it's priced too high, you're right; nobody will play it. But you know, it, to me, this ship at you know the the price point of thirty to th even thirty five, maybe. I can see it. I'd have to list build with it, I think, to get around some of it. But I really think that this this ship is is really good, and I really think his pilot ability is very good, personally. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. It's just because his ability is not restricted to his initiative. It's just whenever a ship defends, yeah. an enemy defends, you can trigger it. So at I six, you can do this with Sunsir Fell, or you can do it with Darth Vader Defender. Uh, really solid ability, definitely. Yep, absolutely. I'm kind of upset that it didn't come with a crew slot for the dark saber. Um, but other than that, <laughs> it's a it's a mod. It's a mod that you had. It's a mod slot. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> well, we, we need that. We also need like a uh, the crew slot so he can take the child. Right. I mean, that's what we need. Yeah. Right. He needs to be able to have the child, even if all he did was torture. Yeah. I, was say, I don't think he ever. Not in the Tie Fighter. He had it no, on the no. Capital Class ship they were on. Exactly. Yes. Well, how did it get to the... Anyway. 
Yeah. It had to get to the capital ship from another ship. I'm just saying it's to me, it would be kind of a, that would, that would be kind of cool if you could also have the child. Uh, A mini, a mini crew slot. Yeah. Just for the child. That's the only crew you can put in there. I don't know. Like, okay. But think about it this way. Remember that this goes back to rebels. Remember when they steal the defender prototype? Did anybody watch rebels? Yeah, okay. that's true. That's Sabine right. and Ezra inside of the defender. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like mm-hmm. they be, you fit, you're just not supposed to. <laughs> so yeah. it's a time Ezra, it's the same thing. Ezra fit so comfortably in there that he had time to go to the bottom of the cockpit to <laughs> remove the, the black box thing that they were looking for <laughs> while Sabine is on top, like shooting and uh, flying and everything like that. So yeah, you're right. They have space. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And give me a modification that allows me to add a crew slot to one of these ships. That would be a great card. Right there, there you go, AMG. Just give God credit help to plenty of face. Ties with uh, with crew slots. That's like I tell you what, you get a tie with a crew slot. I get Fen with a mod slot. Mm, I will add no. Bill Burr and a cannon slot to go with this. You know, did you say add Bill Burr with a cannon slot? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Yes. Give me Bill Burr right the fuck up on my ship. I want Bill Burr right there, just so he can yell at me while I'm flying. Like, did you think that was a good idea? Like, what's wrong with you, son? <laughs> Oh. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Man, we're gonna really be off track. All right, Charles. Yeah. The uh, the gauntlet. So so okay. First off, you were correct. There is a um modification. I, uh, what do they call them? A ship slot. Uh, configuration. A configuration. Well, so you were right. Title. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's a title and a mod okay. slot in one. The only thing that I want to see before I get into this is this specifies Republic or Separatist. I wonder if there is going to be a separate title for Rebel and for Scum and for the other, because this is a five-faction ship from what I've seen. So you're going to have to give some form of a a title-ish card to the other factions potentially. But uh, for the Gauntlet title, it does take up your title slot as well as the mod slot. I would say one of, but I don't know how many mod slots this ba- this big old uh, hoss of a ship is going to have. So, um, But it does come with two charges. Uh, during your system phase, you may spend one charge to repair one face-up ship damage card. Uh, and this also does add a crew slot. Uh, calling back to last week's episode, um, all of the crew that are very uh, pro-repairing things uh, the I can't remember her name, Pelly, that yeah, triggers yeah. when you repair a card. So being able to spend this charge to repair a card to trigger her to go um, is probably going to be really an interesting, especially since it does add a crew slot. Um, so maybe, and if it already has a crew slot, could you? Ooh, could you put Java on a gauntlet? Ugh, yes, yes, it you depends. can. If you get this, if you get this in in um, if you get this for scum. And it does the same thing. So, so yeah, this yeah. to me, this tells me two things, or one of two things, right? Either the gauntlet fighter is going to natively only have one crew slot, or this card is going to give that gauntlet three crew slots, like a decimator. Well, and, with the drop, with the oof. drop team, I think the drop team was a double crew. Yep. Yes. So I think it innately has two, but if you take the title, it's going to turn it into a YV six six six, and you can party bus it. Which is going to be a lot of fun. It oh, could yeah. be like a hyena, though, where it's an asymmetric loadout for every faction. So oh, that's true. That, that could be a thing. So, yeah, 
And the best part about this is the pure fact that this is not an action. It doesn't yep. say take an action. This is free. Yep. Especially so. if you get like a loose stabilizer on this and you just oh. you need to make that turn, you can just fix that oh my stabilizer God. Yeah. here and done. Yep. All I'm mm. gonna say is if this is the same for scum, I'm gonna have some fun with cutthroat. Oh, oh I yeah. can imagine. Replace <laughs> those non re uh those non reoccurring charges. <laughs> All right. The next one is the night owl liberator um so nothing super special uh it's an i2 generic uh which is nice uh no notice... no, no no it's an i2 unique it's a unique generic yes. there you go mm -hmm. it's still generic god damn it it's there's nothing special <laughs> about this it's bland as piss on a thing but it is interesting because we saw that with the separatist as well and now we're seeing it with this. So what they're doing is they're taking away your ability to spam, which means, in fairness, um, FFG, AMG, whoever you are out there, uh, I am no longer buying three of these. I only need two. <laughs> just, You're not just, wrong. Just as an FYI, I was going to get three. I'm not getting three anymore. Just to... I'm probably going to buy three. Just saying. Yeah, you want one for the shelf, and that's fine. That, that, yep. There's a difference between us and that so that's why i yeah, yeah. am getting into painting though probably so so i will that, say sir. that um eventually uh when i get time i'm gonna go back <laughs> to um doing you have a baby sir you have no time when um i'm actually gonna go back and start um because I, I do like repaints for tts models and stuff i've done these um so i actually want to do one with our colors on it and this is probably gonna be the first one i'm gonna do um so yeah that that's gonna be a pretty awesome repaint for tts for for us to have them so. all right charles you want to talk about bo katan again i do yep so bo katan crease uh, this is a Republic Bo-Katan, though. Um, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may gain one deplete token to choose an object in your front arc at range 1-2. If you do, another friendly ship may perform a target lock action on that object. I can uh, see this uh, being very helpful uh, with Kira. Can you get able to... Kira in... No. No, not not a republic. Uh, scum. No, but again, it's a five faction ship, and so far, Bo-Katan's been pretty. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, I think the best interaction with her um, is actually going to be with Hounds, where he can take that deplete token away from a friendly. Mm -hmm. um, so that way, she still retains her three die gun. So um, that would actually be an interesting way to um, still give out a passive bond and um, and still have her shoot that that three die gun. So. I wonder how that would work. Does Plo is only orange tokens, or is it orange or red? I think it's orange, orange or transfer a green token. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. The this one I don't know why I put this in here, but this showed up. Is this another spoiler that we missed from the stream before? Yeah, I believe so. Um, they didn't quite reveal this all the way, I think. Um, but yeah, this is the rebel version of the uh, Mandalorian. The drop uh, commandos. Group. Yeah, the drop commandos. Yeah. 
So during the system phase, you may spend one of the two charges to drop a commando team remote. Uh, you can place that device using front or rear guides, and it cannot be recovered. So no cutthroat or any tomfoolery. Yeah, the main difference is the card itself. Um, like, uh, you know how the probe droid has like its own separate card. Each one of the commandos for every faction is different. They each act differently um, in terms of how like they attack and how they move and stuff. So I'm interested interested to see how this one actually plays out when they ever reveal that. I'm already making plans in my head because while I don't play Legion, um, I have purchased some Legion figures. Um, because they do have the clan Ren figures. Um, instead of like attaching them to the base, you could attach Legion figures to a probably like an acrylic template that is the clan Ren commandos and have that on the board instead of it just being a flat piece. Do you do you have those available to you right now? Like could you go to your cabinet behind you? I do not. They okay. are uh, they are currently at someone else's domicile for painting. Yeah, I cannot paint, but I can tell you that they're probably about yay big so let's go back like three months we talked about on the show doing like having those 3d printed and having somebody sell those on etsy mm -hmm. if we don't have to i don't know how much that clan rent thing costs you for legion it's like 20 bucks it's like 20 bucks how many did you get uh two seconds because i don't remember the exact i think it was five so for 20 bucks, essentially, you're getting two remotes, one with so, two and one with sorry. three on it. So uh, MSRP is twenty nine ninety seven, dollars uh, And in the pack, you get one second. I'm pulling up the artwork from the rear of the pack. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. You get seven. Um, in various poses. So I will seven. That's it, really good. Yeah, it is really good. Um, I was gonna say I have a bunch uh, of Wizard of the Coast Mandalorians, um, but I don't know if the bases will be big enough. Here, let me put this. I'll put this in the podcast chat, and then you can pull it up if you'd like. In the podcast chat. Oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, those look good. They look great. So instead of attaching them to this little base, you could find a way to pose three of them on the template that is the uh, the Mandalorian, uh, the dropship guys, and go that route. All right, give me a second. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna talk for a second. I'm gonna add these in. Okay. Um. So yeah, but like I said, the uh the pack itself is it it runs about twenty to thirty dollars. Uh, at my local, uh, we get discounts the more we buy. Uh, just like you do, Chris. So it does end up being a little uh, a little bit cheaper per periodically, depending on what uh the Chris that runs our store is feeling <laughs> and, and that, at that given time. Um, but yeah, I have these. I have Boba Fett, and I actually have Sabine Wren, uh, currently out being painted. Um, I don't know if you remember Johnny Tex. Uh, he hasn't been on in a while, but one of our earliest supporters of the podcast, uh, Johnny Tex does a really good job, he and his daughter, of painting units. Um, so I sent them off to them uh, to be painted. So when they come back, nice. I'll be more than happy to have them ready to go on stream. Um, but yeah, like I said, it runs about $28 to $30, depending on, and it comes with seven figures. 
Um, so you could get two full remotes. And the cool thing is, is the figures come with lots of different arms, uh, lots of different legs. They have jetpack posts and everything. So you could, you could pose them however you wanted to. All right. So this is exciting because, so here's the picture. I brought it up. That's exciting because for 30 bucks, essentially all you have to do is get rid of the bases and put mm -hmm. them on the remotes that they provide. Yeah. That's great. And I think you can easily cut those off the bases. I, I'm I'm one hundred percent going to no, be no, ordering Chris, that this week. They don't come on the bases. Oh, they don't. Yeah. They are completely disassembled. Like it's arms, legs, torsos, and heads in a plastic and bag. Yep. And the bases are separate. So you uh, put the figure together as you're painting it, and then you attach it to the base. You don't have to remove them from the base at all. You just never attach them to the base and attach them to something else. All right. So mm -hmm. I, I I will be placing my order. to. So if my wife, if you're watching this, uh, it's not too late <laughs> to get That's this for fault. Christmas. Uh, it's And it's only 30 bucks. This is a cheap Christmas present right here. Oh, my God. I 100% I will do this. Because they look at I don't like the fact that they have yellow on them like that they don't they don't okay so that's just for the picture they are they are that, oh, that okay. grayish color the Good. entire yeah. thing is that grayish color so that you can it's like a primer gray so you can paint it how you choose yep because i, I will have two of them they'll be set I'll, I'll probably like combined a separatist and like a republic one together right and then i don't know maybe i need two of these packs we'll start with one because essentially, I want to have enough to be able to run two crew, two commando crews, um, with them. Where it where it gets me, and this is just me being the uber nerd that I am. If you look at the image, you get one, two, three. I think you get three or four with regular Mando helmets, and then you have three or four with the the Clan Ren, like the Night Owl helmet that has the different eyes on it. Oh my God, you're right. That's so dope, you actually. would be able to you would be able to do one that is a Mando dropship for like the um, the scum or you know something else, and then be able to have the Clan Ren one specifically for the Clan Ren uh, drop troopers as well. See, I would um, want to paint some of them white, like the Super Commando colors um, for yep. the Empire. That'd be dope. Sure. But yeah, that's that's sixty bucks. So, <laughs> hey. Um... Or damn it. it, damn it, AMG! What is wrong with you? all these people doing this shit? Damn it, you're making me buy stuff. I'll never, I'll never play these in Legion. But you're 100 right. That I, I would easily get this. Like that's gonna be so much better than a 3D printer that I would get. Mm -hmm. mm. All right, Charles. Thanks for ruining my night and making me spend more. I've already, <laughs> I bought. I last week I spent money at the store that we play at because I kind of felt bad. Because we don't, I don't normally buy things there, but he had a, um, a scimitar on sale, cheaper than I can even get it at my store, and then I, oh, wow. and I didn't have to order it. It's, it was the thirty percent off the old price, um, so I bought it. So I own two scimitars now. Um, nice. Yeah, because one of them's gonna get painted like Maul. It, it's, it's, it's gonna happen. It's, I, I'm gonna have a Maul. Scimitar and a Maul Gauntlet fighter, um, specifically. Oh yeah. Be, even though I don't think we're gonna get a Maul in the Gauntlet fighter for Separatist, I think it's only gonna be. Um, rumor scum. has it it's only gonna be a Republic. Yeah. I heard scum. So. I'm yeah. down for that. 
I mean, we already have a mall crew on Scum, so it's not that much of a stretch. Yeah, and technically Separatists already have a mall pilot for the Scimitar. So, but I'm thinking of painting a lot of my a lot of the stuff in those specific style colors. I don't know. It sucks yeah. because Matt moved out to the east side of the state. And Matt has some experience painting ships because he's painted me a couple of ships. Um, so anyway, we we gotta go. We gotta move past this, otherwise we'll be. Here. I'll be here. I'll be here all night. And I'm already like, I'm. I, we could just talk the the new changes next week, right? We could just keep talking about Clan Ren stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the last um the last spoiler that we have that we actually have no photo of. This was something that was um provided uh verbally on on the amg stream on thursday was the ig11 crew card um for for i i would guess scum so based on the what they provided us it has it's a double-sided card um the setup side is uh it reads before you are dealt a critical uh a, a critical damage you place a fuse marker on the card and then you are dealt that damage face down once the card has uh two fuse markers um you flip the card uh, and then it has uh, anti-capture protocol on the other side. At the end of the end phase, you remove one fuse marker from the card. If there are no more fuse markers left on the cards, you are destroyed, and each ship at range zero one suffers a critical damage. Um, as an action, you can add a fuse marker onto the card. Um, the one thing that I did miss upon rehearing the stream is um, the the other part when you're adding a fuse marker, you gain a calculate token as well. Um, on stream, he did use this card um, to good effect to negate two um, two crits that were dealt to Boba early um, in the game, and um, he ended up bumping um, with no markers left, and ended up getting Boba destroyed on stream, and yeah. that was hilarious. So, can I ask you a question? As mm -hmm. someone that did not watch the stream, Boba doesn't have a crew slot. Yeah, so the end of the day. They specifically avoided the question on if Boba <laughs> will be getting a crew slot back. Um, Fair, okay. But, but they jokingly said, "Yeah, we're gonna have to remove the the crew slot off of Boba again." Um, <laughs> so um, I think they were considering putting the crew slot back on Boba, um, but uh, it's too but, yeah. strong. It's yeah, too it's crew too slots strong. on fire sprays are too strong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Besides well, that, I think that the card itself um, is pretty fun um you're in the getting critical damage and you're getting a calculate for it um just having that that bad side though when it flips over you have a countdown for fuse markers and you're basically spending your action to make sure that you delay your explosion but if you put it on a ship that's cheap enough that has um the illicit slot open to put um dead man switch you're going to deal two damage upon explosion could be good i, I liked it I thought it was hilarious that he didn't realize till he was it was too late that he would yeah. lose his Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Um I thought that was funny personally. Yeah, um, that was hilarious. And yes, Charles, the first thing I posted in the chat was <laughs> when are we getting our crew slot back? Thank you. <laughs> because I I disagree with you a little bit. I think that with a lot of the changes that we're gonna and this is a good transition. Thanks for that. Um but going into some of the changes, right, I do wonder if Boba can get his crew slot back, right? I, so I, let I, me, can I, can I addendum my statement? Sure. 
fire sprays with crew slots are not bad. Fire sprays with force users are bad. All right, there you go. Like I've seen other crew and they're fine. Like Boba is broken no matter what because it's it's freaking Boba. Like it doesn't matter what you put on him, he's strong. Period. End of story. But giving him a force user with an already having like the ability to re-roll both defensive dice and then having a force user to be able to further mod it without having to spend the the focus. I mean, Boba was good. What was it? Perceptive, JJ? That's yeah, what we ran before Boba. we had the force user, right? Because then you yep. could double up your focus. Yep, um, exactly. Boba with composure. So if you failed your boost, you still got your focus. Like, Boba is just, Boba's Boba, man. He's he's just good. But I personally think, and then I'll speak for the fire spray on the separatist <laughs> side as well. Uh, having force users on them makes them oppressive. I will. It, it does, I, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of the fire spray. It's my favorite ship in the Star Wars universe. Um, the indentured servant one is probably one of my uh, the primary indentured servant, if you will, uh, is probably my favorite ship overall. Um, but it just I've played against it and I've played with it, and it's a feel bad experience on both ends because you know when you're flying it that your opponent is not having a good time because it's just it's just hard. And you know when you're flying against it that it's an uphill battle to get damage through at all, unless you're throwing three dice and you're plinking through one damage around. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that I think that leads into you know our next discussion of what their changes are, what's going to happen, you know that type of a thing. I think the big thing here, right? is that when we we talk about what we're um what where they're going with this i think that they could change some of that especially with boba to say okay hey we could put mall crew on the ban list and this is okay so here you go can we talk about something a little bit different i guess i i want to change instead of getting into what they've told us i i a wish and i, I guess i shouldn't do this but a wish list item for me is a what and this is what Destiny FFG failed at with Destiny. They had a ban list essentially, right? That's what they started that right before the game ended. What I want is a list where you can't you put two things on there and you can't have both of them in your list, right? So and I'll use Boba Fett as an example, right? So this list for scum will say Maul Crew and Boba Fett, which means you can have one of them, but not both of them. So like a restricted list, not necessarily yes. a banned list, but a restricted yes. list yeah. where if you you can only have one item off of said restricted list in your list at a time. Yes. And I would almost go so far as to say you could just you if you want to curtail it so that it's not so open ended like that, you could just put pairs together. Right. You could just say Boba Mall, no more <laughs> like they're 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 both restricted. Like that way, you could still run Maul on another ship, without it being on Boba. So you could just say, like, yeah. okay, like Zam Dooku probably shouldn't be a thing. Just just saying, like you can run Dooku on um Jangle Fett, right? But running it on Zam is something we know just shouldn't happen, right? Agreed. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, so I. I will start the conversation with saying that's hopeful. And maybe next week we could talk about that. Like maybe that's something we'll do next week, right? Maybe we won't focus on it this week because we have so much content to get through in less than an hour anyway. Um, so 
but I think that's a positive thing. Like for me personally, I think that I would rather, you know, like I don't mind banned lists at all. I, I think they're great, but I would say let's find restricted lists and, and or restricted combo lists. Um, you know, like yeah. dash outrider. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like you don't I have think... to ban the outrider title or ban dash. You just can't run the two together. So the, the one thing that um, they've been conspicuously silent on is the restricted list because they originally said that there would be a ban list and a restricted list um, that's coming oh, out. Now they've, okay. they've, they've have stated, you know, given a few examples of cards that will be on the bands. They haven't talked anything about restricted as of yet. Um, I assume that would be coming out in, you know, whenever the, the, the rule set comes out along with the points changes and stuff. And they'll kind of explain that at that time, but that's something that they haven't really spoken much of um, for what the restricted list would be and what the restrictions would look like as well. Um, I, I would hope that it would be like instances of cards appearing with certain chips just so they can design things around that and not have to worry about adding um, like designing cards that couldn't, be broken with like a, a specific pilot um, th that that would alleviate some of their design space. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So to begin with, essentially the big announcement in my opinion is that nothing is changing um, until after LVO. There you go. So LVO, if, if Ryan and D change anything is because they want to, um, that AMG is not going to make any changes to anything permanently until after LVO, which means officially we are not getting a points update. And I'm excited as hell about that because now <laughs> I can hundred percent start prepping for LVO. Like now it's go time. Now hundred percent is what are we going to, what am I going to run and, and how can I grind it for the next six weeks? Like grind, 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 yep. nothing but that. Um, and it might be that stupid droid swarm because I've been playing that in my league um, for a while <laughs> and for a while. Yes. Sadly yeah. enough, I've been, I'm kind of sick of that. Um, but uh, I, I'm uh, that just might be the list I take, especially because, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool to actually like make top cut with Watt? like it's not been done before. So, you know, it might be kind of yeah. cool to be like, here's what fuck seer. Um, damn, man, I'm going to have to put an explosive tag on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Don't worry, Charles will chime in in a minute. Hang on. <laughs> um, so anyway, so the, the to me that was probably the biggest thing, um, that they're gonna do is wait till February to release anything. Um, they are they 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 also said the reason that they're delaying these changes was not just LVO, but because they are gonna be adjusting points at the same time, and. I'm very excited by that too, because at least we're not just getting a rules update. We're getting both in tandem, um, which I think maybe next week, I don't know, maybe JJ, you want to take a note, but ne maybe next week we should give a predict. We, we could do predictions, right? You know, like what do yeah, we think absolutely. is going to be changed based on the rules that we know? Like is Vader defender going to finally be less than a hundred points? I'm just saying, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is it going to be less than 110 points? We lost Charles. Um, I think uh, AMG banned him for saying that. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> AMG's in my corner. We are going to have a cheap Darth Vader in a defender. I'm excited by that. Um. So anyway, so so that's that's the point. They then talked a little bit about what their design goal was. Um, 
they're, they claim they want to bring things back to the roots, and this is kind of where I need you and Charles more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I wasn't around for 1.0 at all, so for me, 1.0 doesn't mean anything, honestly. So, uh, so it it's it's weird, right? Because they, they make that statement that they want to bring X-Wing back to its roots and stuff, um, and that they're designing all these new changes for scenario play, um, to to become the core part of X-Wing now, um, especially for competitive play. Um, they, with that in mind, they wanted to incentivize more engagement and not like running away and like uh, what they call forcing and running away um, for points and stuff. Um, although in the vast amount of streams that I've personally seen and a lot of games that I personally played, I don't think that was really an issue um, with the exception of a few lists that did like to fortress and crab walk essentially, but they didn't really go far into the cut. Um, when 1.0 first came out um, and pretty much with every expansion that came out after the second wave, the um, each individual pack actually came with like um, with like a booklet, right? That shows like what comes with the, uh, with the particular expansion, all the different tokens, and any explanations and new terms, and FFG would also include scenarios that you would play. Um, it would tell you what ships to um, to to include as your enemies, as the the opposing uh, team that you're trying to take out, uh, what the objective was, and then it gave you like a broad amount of points to where you could build your list around, so you can like try to complete that particular objective. Um, it was something that they included all the way up to the end of uh, 1.0, and that was it. That's how uh, what FFG did. It's something that they just automatically included. They didn't really push it too much, and they actually had an official um, scenario builder on their website for the longest time where you can create your own custom scenarios. I know I've actually done quite a few of those, and I used to print them out um, so I can play it um, as part of my Hotech um, group back in the day. Oh, I miss so, Hotech. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. So, like, I, I get where where they're trying to say that they're trying to bring it back to its roots for that particular aspect of it. But in general, when you it, um, when I look back at the early beginnings of X Wing, what made it more popular was the dogfighting aspect. Um, when they started uh, streaming the the world's events that they did back in like twenty seventeen that's what it was. It was pure dogfight. That's what, you know, got people more and more into the game because they started coming out with these gorgeous ships, these gorgeous models, and they look great on the screen. And then there was a lot of tension between the players, like who's going to take advantage of who and stuff. And, you know, they're really great matchups. And that's what X-Wing became known for, was the dogfighting aspect, not necessarily the scenarios. So. So. I think, I I don't know. So with them saying that, like I, again, I I question. I agree with you. I kind of question that, but um, their goal, right, is to to lower the skill floor but maintain a high ceiling, incentivize engagement, and they want it to be action packed, right? You know. Yeah. I think one of the things that I'm a little disappointed in, I guess, um, is that they didn't really address competitive play per se in the aspect of that's one of the goals, right there. They didn't say one of the goals is to continue competitive play for those who enjoy it. Um, and the one thing I will say that I, there is one thing I will say that I a hundred percent agree with some of the pushback to AMG on some of the changes are 
the fact that competitive play does support the game more than just your average tabletop person yep. to some extent. I think so it does it does it in the manner of publicizing and 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 making it a little bit more widespread. I do not think financially it is the base for the whole game though. And I've learned this the hard Can way. I... Yeah, go ahead. I just I want to jump in real quick on something that you said because you and I both kind of have the same mentality, right? Where if we notice that something isn't working right, it needs to be fixed. But in with that mentality, if we see something that is working fine, then we don't focus on that. Yeah. Yep. So if we take that mindset from AMG standpoint, if competitive play is working fine and it just needs tweaks and we need to re-release OP and we need to do that stuff, but we're not there yet because of COVID, there's nothing to discuss. If we're not making any major, major changes to it, it's not that we don't see it as important but it's not broken, right? OP, organized play, and everything has existed since the beginning of X-Wing, and it's run. It, it runs fine. It, it does well to support itself where they see the opportunity because X-Wing has not been about that, right? Like, we've played at friendly games, right, JJ? We do mm -hmm. the scenario play on our home tables and where we can have fun, but when you go to your LGS to play a game... You're dogfighting all day, every day. You're dogfighting. That's what draws people's attention to the table most often than not. Uh, seeing like the Millennium Falcon or an X-Wing or like the iconic ships will draw eyes. Um, but you don't really see a whole lot of scenario play. So they see an opportunity there to increase the footprint without okay. taking away from existing. That's my mindset. So, and maybe I'm wrong. So, yeah, But so that's just me. Uh, so where I, I, I don't disagree with you in that at all, what my point becomes is when we talk about design goals, we're talking about an overarching platform. This These aren't the goals of why they're making changes. These are the goals of what they have as an organization. And I'll use an example in my, in my, I work for Spectrum Health now, right? You know, they give high level goals um, where, you know, one of them is, you know, compassionate care, Right. And when we have to have team meetings and things, that extends down to us, right? I don't see patients. I don't deal with patients. But I have to have compassionate care. I have to think about what I want to see over the long haul. So when I want to make a change to our, w, our, our warehouse management system, right, I have to think about how does that affect patient care? How does that affect and make it so that they're more comfortable? Am I creating an issue, more of an issue? And so... I agree with you. They don't need to focus on changing competitive play, but their design goal should have had a bullet point, in my opinion, should have had a bullet point at the bottom that says continue to grow and cultivate competitive play through scenario, new scenario building, right? Or new scenarios or whatever the fuck they want to say. I'm just turning yeah. the explicit tag on. I Sorry. think I think that the, the issue that AMG has is that they're... Um, logistically i think that they're time constrained to whatever times they decide to have their streams right because they try to get all this information out within usually an hour usually that's how long their streams are and then on top of that they have they announce certain content that's supposed to be on their stream and then they try to dedicate more time to that so 
in this particular stream, they wanted to show the scenario off that they were introducing as part of it. And then they, for a good majority of the time, you know, turned off the chat so that way they can focus on the game and explain the new mechanics. And then every once in a while, they would answer a question on, on the, you know, to explain certain things, certain aspects of the new things coming. They, they did still state that they're still working on balancing points for certain um for for like the new rule set to like for the new pilots how they're going to interact with it and there's still nuances that they still haven't discussed my guess is that they're still working the final kings on that um but because of that format of how they're delivering the information i think that they limit themselves because they're trying to do too many things at once at that point yep. And they have no other way to put it out. Fair enough. And that's fine. And and maybe it's just an oversight on their behalf. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, I get it. Like, I, I understand that logic. It's just different than, like, I would not run a meeting that I had to introduce things to people in that manner. That's just, yeah. again, you know, and what it does is it'll leave, it allows the door for it leaves the door open, right? And 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 GSP said this. Marcel works in marketing, right? And this kind of goes back to yes, I complain that they didn't communicate. Now we're getting communication. Great, um, blah 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 blah. But the big thing is, is there is a way. Like they could get a market. Uh, fuck, I would do this for free for them, and I don't even work in marketing, but I could help them organize certain things, you know, in that aspect, just because that's how my brain works. Um. So, so JJ, that's fine. That's a fair point. We'll move mm -hmm. on. You know, uh, hopefully that's just an oversight on their conversation. Um, I, and that's what I'm hoping is that it's just a big oversight. So yeah, the, then yeah. they talked about scenarios, right? Scenarios were the next thing. And they did bring up competitive play now, right? Now is when they brought competitive play up. And this is where I got excited, right? And I'm going to be honest. I was tentatively excited for scenario play. But now when they kind of talked about a little bit of the scenarios, I got a lot more excited. And in our local, we've taken Aces High and we're playing it differently. But we're playing Aces High in a different format. And if they took the mechanics of scoring and things from Aces High and are now going to play them in objective and scenario building, I'm uh, sign me up. I'm down. Like you have no idea how amazing this can be for competitive play. Like this can seriously force unique thinking a whole different way. I mean, think about it. You know, one of the things, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but one of the things I think they said, JJ, right, was the fact that you are going to get your list, right? And you could face more than one scenario mm -hmm. throughout the day at a competitive play event. Yep. So if your list may do really well in dogfighting, but it's going to do horrible at controlling the board or um whatever right yeah and that's one of the things that they they went over um they said that to start off they were going to do four core scenarios at launch um and in a tourney setting the, every round the scenarios will be randomized for each tourney of play so you two have to consider um the strength and weakness of your list for each type of scenario um, the one that they played on stream was zone control. Um, it revolves around placing five satellite markers that you can get either from the Epic Battles set or you can get um, from the print and play that they're going to, uh, I guess, post on the website. 
Um, and in order for you to score points, you have to keep your ships near those particular satellites at range one in order for you to gain points. Um, one point per every small base or two points for every medium base, first to 20 wins. You also get points for destroying um, ships. Um, the value of the ship divided by 10, I'll round it up, that uh, is added on to your points. And it's a, a different way. <clears throat> and it's a different way to to play the game. At least that's one of the scenarios that they discussed. Um, the other one that they mentioned was a snatch and grab type objective. Um, and then another um, another scenario was a control scenario, uh, similar to like conquests, where you're going to objectives to tag them to your side um, and then remove them from your opponent's control um, in order for you to score points at the end. And then the last scenario that they specified was the dogfighting. It's called chance engagement um, that will also have an objective they have to do in the middle of the dogfight. Um, they were pretty... They didn't give much detail beyond that, uh, what the scenarios are going to be, but it is different ways that you have to, um, different things you have to keep in mind for list building, because obviously chance engagement for dogfighting, you're you're going to build much differently than if you're playing for zone control, because obviously you get an advantage for having more medium bases and more large bases in your list than, than you would in a dogfighting scenario. Um, and if you decide to do like a two-ship list that's point fortress, that might do really well in chance engagement, but not so well for like snatch and grab or control because you have less ships to cover the area where the other your opponent is going to be scoring points. So it really, really brings us back to the list building part where you're trying to like balance like what you're going to bring to the table. Yeah, and like I think this this piece right here should excite the living shit out of Charles. Well, so I was actually going to say something here that fits into this design space. And it was something that we did at our local JJ. Christian came up with it. If you mm -hmm. think back and it wasn't scenario play per se, but it was objective style play. Yeah. Objective back, style play. Yeah. I remember that back when I played <clears throat> the world of Warcraft card game, part of their OP kit was achievements because that's part of the world of Warcraft kind of experience. And so what they would do is they would give you a card on the first play day of the month. And that card would have five or six different objectives that you could do. Uh, every week, fly a different faction, um, blow up every rock with a, you know, with a, uh, a seismic charge during the game. Um, you know, just whatever, you know, mm -hmm. land, land your ship on every collide with every rock during the game, just different off the wall objectives that don't help you win the game. And more often than not, if you build to be able to do the objectives, you're probably hamstringing yourself, not going to win the game anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but what they did, what we did as a group was there was an extra prize over and above what you would get for winning the league that if you were the person that completed the most objectives, you got like a painted ship or something like that. You got like a custom painted ship or something like that for hosing yourself for four consecutive weeks to complete these crazy off the wall objectives. And that fits into, in my mind, the, the scenario player, the objective play style that you can have these ancillary objectives that are outside of the primary set that we're looking for in X-Wing uh, and, and still be able to, to build a, a formative list that can handle landing on six different rocks throughout, you know, an hour and 15 minutes or can handle, you know, whatever they did. So. Yeah, those yeah. are really fun. Yeah. I just, 
Like I said, I, like one of the things about you, Charles, is you love list building. Like you, ever since I've known you, you have <laughs> built, whether they're good or not, you like to build something <laughs> anti-meta to some extent. And, yep. you know, like for the most part, I don't think you have ran most meta lists. Like even when we did our, our last thing, your, your list is running V-Wings is not meta. Not nope. five of them at all. So to me, to me, this feels like you're going to enjoy this more than probably anybody else in this group for the pure fact that it's going to let you get so creative. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. I will, I will say this and I've said this at every tournament. I've never done better than three and three. Never in, in the almost decade of playing X-Wing. I've never been better than a three and three player. The reason for that is I refuse to run a, a meta strength list. The closest I've come to a meta list was I ran a um, a scum version of Zam um, Zam Grievous and Brewercret, where I did a I two uh, fire spray with Fen Rao and one other. I think I ran Fen Rao and an M three A. It was uh, Sarisu Fen Rao and then an I two fire spray trying to replicate what was a meta list at that point. But I would rather lose three consecutive games in a row and be playing a list that no one's seen before doing things that no one else is doing than I would go 6-0 and in a list that has been on stream 16 times over the past three months and everybody's tired of seeing it. I, mm -hmm. I, want, I play this game because I want to have fun. I want to find those combos where people are like... Like, for instance, that guy that ran... Um, elusive on jack porkins what who what <laughs> why who no but it worked it's not meta you've ne i've never seen it before that game and he was able to pop that off and repair and do all sorts of crazy stuff like five or six times in the game who does that nobody but he was we were laughing every time he pulled it off i'm like man if you do this again and you don't roll something to hurt yourself i'm gonna be so mad but it was fun that's what this is. Yes, competitive play is it is what it is. I love competitive play, but I want to have fun. Well, and I think I think this is where AMG is coming into play here. And and it's funny because so I'll tell our our local has done a league and we even created um like a whole points scoring scenario to basically discount um those of us who hit the veteran category and help those in the rookie category. And our weekly churnout started to go down because people just wanted to come play pickup games. And no, sorry, no, Nobby, I haven't tried rolling better. I guess I'll try doing that in future tournaments from this point forward. Hey, I have a set of dice, Charles, actually, that um, it'll cost you, but I have a set of dice from somebody that this is this like 10 year old or eight year old or nine year old kid. I don't know how old he is, but he rolls these tournament dice that he got from his father. And these things roll fire every time. Like three dice, he gets two evades. No questions asked. Never once has he not rolled two evades on three three green dice. And Jeez. his his red dice, if he rolls three red dice, he almost always gets a hit and a hit or a hit and a crit. Almost every time. I don't know how he does it. But they're weighted. They might be, but I'll I'll tell you what. They're well, they're official, like they're an FFG official like tournament dice prize thing. But I will I'll find them for you if you want them and I'll I'll sell them to you. Um then you can roll better. 
just like Nabi said. Maybe Nabi, <laughs> maybe Nabi will finance them. So Nabi, how much money will you put up for Charles to get dice that roll hot every time? You know what I need, honestly. You know what I think I need, Nabi. I don't know if they have these movies in Australia because I don't know if you have movie theaters in Australia. Um, you're <laughs> they, too busy running away from. You're too busy running away from uh, poisonous animals and things that are trying to kill you. Um, I need Nabi in the background of practice games yelling at me like uh, Burgess Meredith did to Rocky and just like <laughs> trying to whip me into shape as I play through these games. He, he can be my uh, he can be my Mick and uh, I'll be I'll be Rocky and he can train me to be a better. <laughs> there you go. Um. So anyway, so objective wise, I'm excited. I think um, I think I guess I shouldn't go too far. There we go. Uh, objective wise, we we could talk about the points and how they scored it later. I, I don't really care at this point. The the one thing, the only thing that I really got out of the the scoring side of it is uh, medium large base ships are going to count as two ships. Um, yeah, they but, they count for two points versus one for a small base. Yeah, yeah. But until we get to w how the points are scored, I'm not concerned about that. I guess or excited by so it on either side. They did explain a little bit, but they said that they're still working on the final adjustment for that um, because essentially the, the way the scoring works is that um, at the end uh, at the end phase is when you score points for like how many ships are near objectives. Okay. Um, so that's when the one and two like come into play and then anytime a ship is removed off the board, the opponent gets those points. Um, so that's that's how they calculated those points on the stream. Um, they there were talking a lot and like going back and forth between stuff so they weren't updating the stream with points as it was happening um but um but did they go back to explain like how the scoring works and stuff um for that um so for that particular scenario that they're playing on stream they're playing until 20 points um and they did state that if you tie at the end that you just keep on going until somebody has more points than the other um and go from there so all right so we're going to move on from the points because uh, again i I think they're worth talking about, but when they release more of that, we'll, yeah, when we'll they dig release into that, I, I'm mm -hmm. not whatever. It is what it is. The next big change is obstacles. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I love this to no extreme. Like I am extremely excited about everything except for rigged cargo shoot. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. I'm not excited about that change, but everything else. I am a hundred percent on board for, and I think that this makes things ever, ever so better. And it makes me feel so much better as a droid swarm player. Like I just instantaneously feel better. So essentially the big changes that they stated were that if you land on any obstacle, you cannot shoot period. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's an asteroid or a debris or a cloud. And, and and let me oh my god let me explain why I'm excited by this. The Take a breath, Chris. Take a I, breath. No, I'm really excited. I'm sorry. Like this, <laughs> this is probably like one of my most favorite things AMG has actually done. And this was a shock to me. I'll be honest. This was a huge <laughs> shock to me. Wait till they change droid struts. Well, I mean, all right. Well, you're right, and that's fine. And if they do, then we'll have a different discussion. But um, <laughs> five points each. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, screw you. Psych joke. Anyway, um, they won't do that. They just gave them to me for free. They're not going to take them away. But here's the here's where the exciting piece comes in, right? 
the exciting piece of this is because of the pure fact that you can't take like I used to have to like plan out my my asteroid debris or clouds and I would always worry because everybody would be taking advantage because like you could just go through one land on these obstacle and it doesn't matter if you can't land on an obstacle you know how much better that is in my opinion for the game for the pure fact that like it forces you to be able to take the the obstacle you want to create the negative effect that you want your opponent to suffer or that you want to avoid droid struts yeah. are not going to go period um so i'm excited hands down mm -hmm. by this change the other thing yeah. that they said is that um when you fly over them or through them um it'll be different right they're going to have a different consequence versus um versus the other overlap so, yeah yeah mm -hmm. So, yeah. So what they said is that, um, uh, you know, obviously you can't shoot while you're overlapping one of the obstacles with the exception of rig cargo shoot and spare parts canisters. You still can shoot on those. Um, but if you fully execute a maneuver through uh, an obstacle, you, you'll still suffer the effects of whatever you went through. But you still get to perform an action and you still um, are able to shoot, obviously, um, and because you're not overlapping the obstacle. So that's a big change. Um that could be a clutch move for some of the aces that need to get away. Um, and the only way through is through an obstacle. I mean, you suffer, you run the chance of suffering, you know, extra damage at that point, because if you're going through an asteroid, it's an additional, it's an automatic damage. Um, and with the chance of an additional one, but if in a pinch, if you need to go through and still get that action to reposition, that could be very good. Yeah. Think about being able to 4k, right? 4k through something yeah you take one damage but then you you know you, you can 4k you can pop your um what is that uh, contraband. contraband and and then still take your focus for defense or an evade ah, come on like that's great like take the effect so what is the there you go jj what is each one of them what are they changing them to so um so starting with asteroids you suffer damage automatically um, they did state that it would be a face down damage. Um, so if you, in this particular case, if you have shields, you would, the damage will go to the shields first. If it goes to the hole, it'll be a face down damage. After that, you roll an attack die on a hit or crit, you suffer an, an additional damage. Same thing. If it goes to the hole, it's still face down. Uh, for debris clouds, you gain a stress token. Well, hold on, you, hold on. Cause this is, this is new for me. So I apologize yeah. again. I didn't get to watch the stream. So mm -hmm. when you're rolling hit or crit, it's not like it is now where a hit is a hit result and a crit is a crit result. That's correct. It's hit or crit is a face down damage card solid. So no more That's crits correct. from landing on something. That's right. And same thing with the breed cloud. You roll an attack die on a hit or a crit, you suffer a damage. That's I roll more crits on my own ships than I do when I'm rolling against anybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. 100% agree with you. Yeah. Gas clouds, in my opinion, have is the most deadly obstacle though um it, you number one break all locks uh, locks that you have on enemy ships and locks that are new um and you gain a strain automatically now it's not a roll um after you do all that you now roll an attack die on a hit you gain one ion token and on a crit you suffer three ion tokens 
Um, that is huge change from what it used to be. Um, getting that automatic strain now um, means that you're more likely to take more damage now. And the ion token um, on a small ship is deadly because you're not going to be able to move anywhere and you're only be able to take a focus action, assuming that you execute the maneuver fully. Um, definitely a huge, huge change for gas clouds. I think that they got the biggest buff out of all the um, obstacles. Definitely. Because I'm just thinking like space bacon. If you land on that at the right angle, you're ioned for the next two turns because you're going to do a one straight that's going to put you on it. And if you're at the right angle, then the one straight from it is going to drive <laughs> you through it again. So you're going to have three consecutive turns where you're not having any fun because you can't shoot and you're ioned. So the mm -hmm. only thing you can do is take uh, take focuses. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Now, the, they did go ahead and um, explain further the rig cargo shoot and spare parts canister. That was the other... Um, uh, object that they're trying to explain but they couldn't figure out the word for it um when it's dropped if it goes over a ship you gain a stress token automatically and you roll an attack die on a hit crit you gain a strain token so you no longer have the possibility of getting damaged through um from a um a rig cargo shoot or spare parts canister because they will not count as a debris club and i think that is a good idea as someone that has spammed rig cargo shoot i ran jabo <laughs> with rig cargo shoot um, just to see how many of them I could drop in a game. If all of a sudden I could stress you and deal damage to you by dropping something and being able to set up my own obstacle field, that is incredibly, po incredibly yeah. powerful. And yeah. see, that's where I'm going to say I'm a little bit, I'm not as happy about that one. Um, because it, it essentially makes rig cargo shoot a extremely powerful bomb now like like you don't take damage from it there's no damage you gain stress and then you yeah, you, gain stress. Crit, you gain strain there's no damage from rig cargo shoot yeah oh. that's what oh, i was saying okay. if it oh, did okay. damage then it's broken i will run it on every ship ever there okay. will not be a ship that i run in scum that does not have rig cargo shoot on it if it does damage but without doing the damage, it just gives me the ability to slow you down a little bit. Okay. All right. So, okay. So, good. I feel better then. All right. Because for whatever reason, I thought it was an auto damage too. And, like, to me, that seems silly because, again, like, at least with the bomb, I can outmaneuver them. Like, it just makes it a new proxy. That's what that makes it, you know? And I yeah. don't know if I need... A proxy that doesn't go away. Yeah, do we really need that many types of I, I don't know. But okay, so at least it doesn't do damage. I feel a little mm -hmm. bit better. Um So cool. Anything else about obstacles you guys want to talk about before we move on? Well, well with you... no, yep, go, ahead, go ahead, JJ. No, go ahead with the with that cuz that that's relevant. Yep. So Nabi just brought up that Dace Bonearm just got much stronger. Um so Dace is a, a hawk pilot that after an enemy ship at range 03 receives at least one ion token, you may spend three charges, and if you do, that ship gains two additional ion tokens. Running him with three clouds is going to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yep. A lot of control on the medium bases and the large bases that don't want to get that second or third ion. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So... Um, I-4 recently to, 
to go along with this, one of the questions that was um, that was spammed all throughout the um, through through the chat when they were going through this was Tractor. You know, Tractor they thought was going to be much stronger. They did went on to say that there is a new update to Tractor now. Um, you can no longer track the ships onto obstacles. So um, I think that is uh, very fair. I think that does change the power of that particular card uh, significantly because you can't do that anymore. I think it's actually fair, um, especially with these new obstacle updates. Um, honestly, though, I think this, while a lot of people you know, automatically said that the power of Tractor is going to go down significantly, um, I disagree because I think that at lower initiative, um, you have more agency now to to target ships that are already stressed to track to them, to force them to go in front of a rock. And now they have the choice of either double stressing themselves to turn or going through that obstacle. And if they're double stressing themselves to turn, they might end up in a place where they're not going to get a shot. And um, if they didn't dial the um, like a blue maneuver, they're going to end up double stressed and they're not going to be able to turn around or get actions off. Um, so I think that that could be a, a, a potential side effect. Yeah. Charles. JJ, I could not disagree with you more. OK, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a Tanner moment. I'm going to go on a rant. I'm going to go on a rant. I played 1.0. 1.0 tractors were the dumbest thing in the world. Nobody took them because you didn't move a ship, especially not a medium or a large base ship, until it had two or three tractors on it because it wasn't officially tractored until it met the prerequisite. There was no reason to run a tractor ever, except for a tug when you could double stack or triple stack as an action. Outside of that, tractors were worthless. They were stupid. They were dumb. They didn't do anything. 2.0 tractors sought some traction. We could put you on a rock. I gave up a damaging shot on my ship. Risk reward. I gave up a shot to potentially, and I had to judge call it to see if you could hit that rock or not, to put one of your ships on a rock potentially and remove a shot from your side. But in order to do so, I gave up my shot. There is no, there is no benefit. Not putting them in front of a rock and forcing them to stress to rotate, blah. No, because they can still shoot. They just rotate a direction and take a shot. There's no reason why I, as a scum player or any other faction that can run a tractor beam, is going to run that over an ion cannon. There is there is nothing now. Nothing. Because an ion cannon allows me to forward boost you next turn. So you're going to hit that rock no matter what. I don't have to, and I'm still dealing some sort of damage to you. There is still a benefit to me as the player shooting the ion cannon, whereas tractor doesn't do damage. I can't remove your shot. The only thing I do is potentially weaken your ship if I get enough tractors in my attack for for the rest of the round, which is a, a negligible effect overall, depending on how many evade dice you have. Because if you're a large base ship and you only had one going down to zero, eh, what's what's the what's the big deal there? So I could not uh, disagree with you more. I think that so, this completely neuters the tractor beam back to being as worthless as it was in 1.0. Right, so, so, so can yeah, I, I was, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Can I, can I disagree a tiny bit? Like I sure. do, I do agree with you on the fact that we can't put ships on obstacles. I, I do kind of agree with you that like that should be a thing. Because technically speaking, a tractor beam could do that. 
like technically speaking, if we're talking Star Wars lore effects, they never use tractor beams for that um, at all. So what I would say, right, is in this kind of goes along with the, the jamming beams is the tractor effect should have one or two different ways that we fix that. Since we can't put people on obstacles anymore, they should reduce the cost of all tractor beams to the jamming beam, really, right? Yeah, or jamming beam's a joke. Yes. People include people include jamming beam because it's free and it fills a slot. You're, Other you're than right. that, JJ, I'm gonna challenge you. Okay. Go find a stream. Go find a stream where someone has jamming beam on a ship and they use the jamming beam rather than taking the damaged shot. So I'll 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 respond, right? Yes, you're absolutely correct. Shooting a tractor beam over a regular shot is bad, right? Because you're giving up potential damage just to get that effect. However, to counter that, there are ships that can do both. The B-Wing with the, the, the title that allows you to do a second cannon shot after you perform a shot or primary attack, prime candidate for a tractor beam if you wanted to. Of course, you can always do auto blasters or sync laser if you have the points, right? The other one is the robots the IG-88, specifically B, that allows you to take a cannon shot after you miss your primary attack. Those are two particular chassis in particular that benefit from taking that second shot and possibly tractoring that particular ship to put it over somewhere else, right? Now, we're talking about tractor beams in particular, right? The, the cannons that can shoot and give that effect. The other thing that we're not taking account here is the quad jumpers, the ability to, as an action, give a tractor token to another ship to move them onto, um, like, to that particular area, right? That, I think, has a more significant effect um, for that particular chassis, right? Because you're providing that tractor token onto most likely a small base ship that can be tractored and can be moved to mess up where they're going to go and force them to make a bad decision on where they're going to go. This is before anything is being shot. Besides that, once they're already tractored, they're suffering one less agility, which means that when it comes time to shoot, assuming that you have the Menorah, they're more likely going to get hit and, um, and you can possibly take that ship off. So I think that's where the value of the tractor comes. I, I definitely wouldn't shoot, like if I have a ship that can only shoot either my cannon or my primary, hell no, I'm not gonna like put a tractor beam on it. Um, but if you have the ability to shoot both, um, or like for instance, yeah. the Tide Defender Elite title, um, where you can do that, I, I'd consider putting a tractor beam. So, yeah, so sure, and, and I get that. And, and and so what you're saying is, is the benefit to having a tractor beam is on the chassis where it doesn't make you choose exactly. one or the other. And yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. But in in if we look at 2.0 up to now, the massive change. Look at M3A swarms, where you had um, Octor Khan flying two separate groups yeah, of M3As sure. with an ion, a tractor, and an auto blaster, mm -hmm. right? The tractor was just as devastating because you were choosing to give up the shot, but you could position that ship onto a rock so it wasn't shooting back. So you could position your, your opponent wherever you wanted them to. And yeah, if you had the ability to land someone on a rock, then now you just hit them with an ion cannon, right? Because yeah. now you have a chance of doing damage in addition to being yeah. able to shoot at them with lower agility. I in 1.0, you could never tractor someone off the board, right? Yeah. And I got that. I get it. That's that's terrible. That's not good. But 
if we look at what a tractor beam is, in essence, it shuts your ship's maneuverability down and allows me to move you closer to me, farther away from me, wherever I want to put you. If there's a rock next to you and I slam you into it, yeah, I, I'm going to do that. And now I can't. And that so, takes for me as a scum player, which, to be fair, is the primary faction for tractor beams. Yeah. It, I, there's not a reason for me to take it unless I'm building for that specific situation. And I'll shut up now, Chris. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I get I get the last word here. So <laughs> you know, sorry. We, we either, hey, we have cutoffs for tonight. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So so I agree with you, Charles. I don't like that we can't tractor people onto obstacles anymore because that was a fun mechanic I actually love. Um, but it's kind of the same thing as when we get to talk about overlapping and bumping in a second and i'm going to complain about it in a tanner rant and most people are probably going to disagree with me but it's because i fly swarms um and people are going to tell me to just shut the fuck up and deal with it which i'm going to have to but um i i like the fact that they changed the tractor only because they changed the obstacles because can you imagine and, and this is where tractor beams would cost 10 to 12 points easy Right? Can you think about it? If you could tractor somebody under a rock, not only are you taking away their ability to shoot, but you're giving them a free damage. And on top of that, they have to roll to possibly get a second damage. Right? So it's it's like a two-point shot. It's like, what's that stupid card from 1.0 that you want to bring back? Oh, TLTs? Yeah, thank you. It's like that. They would become that. And no offense, their AMG is definitely not bringing that shit back. That's not happening. We we could <laughs> we can see that now. AMG will not bring that back. Now, what I will say is, in a swarm, I think tractor beams now, in my opinion, should come down in price, for the pure fact that I think in a swarm mentality, tractor beams work very well, because you could drag somebody closer to you, lower their agility for every shot. Can you imagine if I could put a tractor beam on one of my stupid droids and say, hey, you're at range two. Come here. Come here. Let's 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 do range one. Oh, I got eight ships that can shoot you. No problem, bro. I'm just going to shoot you with these eight ships. And one of them misses, a, gets a shot with a tractor beam to drag you closer. Hey, no problem. Now you're all at range one. That's seven more effing dice I get to throw at you. Right? So... I do understand. I think this is creating tractor as a niche. I think it should go down in cost. I don't like that. I can't tractor people onto obstacles anymore, but the same token, it would be an extremely negative play experience. If I could tractor you onto a gas cloud. Now I just, yeah. I understand the logic and why they wouldn't do it. And if you think about it, the majority of the time, the, the, the real reason you use the tractor beam in star Wars is to not throw a ship into a rock is to bring them into you. And unless they want to go to saying only ships that can store other ships can produce tractor beams, <laughs> like, we have to we have to compromise a little bit. Like, and so <clears throat> if we want to talk about the core reason what a tractor beam is used for, I I can I can actually concede and see why they do that. So yeah, yeah. All right, now let's let's move on. Um, Seven and three A's with all right. We're not gonna talk about M3. I like M3 A's actually, other than I hate their maneuverability. Um, that is the one reason I like droids so much better than M3 A's. Um, but let's talk about overlapping. So 
overlapping now or bumping. We're just going to call it bumping because that's what the F it is. Um, if you bump, <laughs> the new rules are literally... I liked right today. Okay, fine. Fuck you, Nobby. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Nobby. It doesn't make me cheat. It just makes me... I'll tell you. Okay. You want to know something? You. It doesn't make you... It lets you cheat a little bit. Nobby, here's here's the here's the issue though with with that is when I fly anything that's not a droid, you know how many times I hit obstacles, more than I should, just because yeah, it's a purpose. habit. Because I go, <laughs> oh, I can lay. Oh, I don't have a droid. So anyway, um, let's 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 do bumping and let's do range zero discussion. Yeah. Um, so that we could wrap this up tonight. I don't. I I have to. Unfortunately, I have to work tomorrow morning pretty early. So I want to make sure we could get through that a little yeah. bit. All right. So. Overlapping or bumping, as we were going to call it, is essentially different if it's a friendly ship versus an enemy ship. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the least favorite change. Not range zero shooting. This is literally the least favorite change I have. Period. Um, so essentially, if a friendly ship bumps into another friendly ship, you have to roll a die and then take a damage card and then skip your perform action step. If so it's still a, a 50 50, though, right? It is still yeah, it's on a hit crit. Don't do anything. Okay. It is. Yeah. It's, it's essentially. A hit crit and it's a face down still. Essentially, it's still taking my mini swarm in if they bump because Charles throws his, his Dengar in front of me and all of my droids just bump. Then essentially, that's a free eight damage to my droid swarm. No questions asked. Um, I, okay, I guess you get. I guess if I don't roll it, it, it is. But it, it's like it's like a thermal detonator. Is literally what it is without the strain. Um, now, if you hit an enemy ship, you may perform a focus or calculate for stress, and then skip any other action. If you do both, they count it as hitting a friendly only ship, but they only check who the last ship that you would hit would be. So it does not technically mean that you could fly and hit two different ships, which almost never happened. That's very rare that that occurs. In my opinion, I've yeah. never, I've only done it a couple of times, a couple of times it's happened. Um, especially with fricking Dengar, um, <laughs> where Dengar has flown into two of my droids at the same time, but never into my droid and Fen Rao or whoever the hell he's flying. So, I don't like this specific change because it forces me out of formation. I don't like it because if I fly in formation and Charles goes in for a block, and I don't know why I'm picking on Charles, but that's fine. If if Charles goes in for a block and I'm flying in formation, it forces me to disengage. I'm going a five straight. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to do a four to five straight to get around it. And, and no, now we're not engaging anymore. So. I do not like the fact that I have a possibility of taking damage for running into my own ships. I understand the thematic piece of it. I understand why they they might want to do this if we move to scenario um, objectives, right, for, for play. I, I, I actually probably understand the logic in it. I just don't like it because I'm a formation f uh, player, and I have spent a lot of time flying formations, even... Like Nabi gave me a list with A wings, E wings, and a Z seventy nine or seven ninety five Rebel list. I've flown that at my local actually like two or three times. I fly in formation with it because that's what I'm used to. Like 
<laughs> if there's more than four ships, Chris always flies in formation. <laughs> like, it just, it just happens. Yes, with target sync. Yep, 100% with target sync. Um, I'm two and one with it, by the way. Um, and you're right. You probably shouldn't fly in formation, but that's what I do. That this just does that habit. So that is the rule. So what are your two, uh, Charles, you could go first, Charles, because I know, I know what JJ's thoughts is on this already. Um, so what is your thoughts? Uh, in never having heard this before, Charles, I'm fine with it. I'm a hundred percent. Okay. With it. The reason being, and I said it, I said it off stream. I'll say it now. If I crash into your car, something's going to happen. If I, the only thing that I don't like is I think that there should be damage dealt for enemy collisions to make it a, a risk reward. And I've said that a bunch of times on this stream. I'm a big fan of putting the decision to the wall. Is it worth it for you to take a damage on whatever ship you're choosing to block in order to pre prevent me from taking an action or to prevent me from doing what I need to the, the, you know, a reposition or whatever the case may be. Is that damage worth it? And if it is cool risk reward, but in this point here, there's, there's no reason why I wouldn't bump into an enemy ship. I can still take my focus as long as I'm not stressed or my calculate. And then we go to the, the range zero shenanigan that's down on the bottom there. Um, but, there's there's no downside again for enemy blocking. So I guess this is this is them maybe best of both worlds. Like if you're an idiot and you crash your ships into each other, then we're going to slap you on the wrist and try and make it to where you don't want to do that anymore, but still encourage the blocking, you know, stuff that people like to do for for positioning and things like that. So while I don't agree with the whole thing, the fact that it took us from 1.0 to now for there to be some sort of damage for collisions between spaceships is just beyond me. This is something that should have existed. So, so can I ask? All right, I'm gonna play yes. the Charles. Yes, Wookie. Here. Yes, Wookie. I can't wait to see a ship tractor to force a friendly overlap. Mm. All right, I didn't think of that, and that's awful. Um, <laughs> Tractors, tractor beams should go up in points. <laughs> can I can I ask a, a weird question, in, in, in Charles? Right? Sure. Um, sure. Because I kind of agree with you a little bit, weirdly enough, in the fact that if you hit something, you hit something. But the same token, because we can't play in a fully 4D style space, like sometimes should there not be certain things you just can't do because like you really can't replicate it. And I only say this because think of it this way. If you are Dengar and you fly in front of a bunch of ships and they can't get away, they hit you. Um, like to some extent, right? Like you're going so, to force this. Like I like blocking. I the, it's a it's something I do. It just kind of feels like there's it's it's a harsher punishment for fuck up fuck ups. There you go. I guess I'll just since I'm already going to put the explicit tag on. It's a harsher <laughs> issue for fuck ups when this happens. And it almost feels like it's going to be like create a bigger negative play experience for new players than it will for other players, I guess. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer this with a couple of different things. All right. So I used to play a game called hero clicks in the initial iteration of hero clicks. 
when you had a hero, when you had a superhero that had the ability to fly, he would come on a, an extended peg that would have a slider on the peg. And if the slider was at the bottom of the peg, then you were on the ground. If it was middle way up, you were hovering. And if it was all the way up, you were flying. Only heroes that were flying could shoot other heroes that were flying. Hovering could shoot ground or up, and ground could only shoot ground or hover. And it created such a stupid level of nitpickiness for where you were. And could you, you had to spend your movement to move up instead of down or forward instead of, you know, if you wanted to go forward, you could only do it at your level. You couldn't change your elevation. No, I don't want a 4D space. I don't, I don't even, I, I'm happy with the 2D space of just flat movement that we have now. Collisions should have a negative effect. When you burn your hand on a stove, what prevents you from doing it again? The fact that it fucking hurts, and I don't care we can put an explicit on this. It hurts. We already have. Yeah. <laughs> it, okay, I've cool, fine. It. Fine. It hurts. That's what stops you from burning your hand again. The reason you are okay bumping in your swarms is because up till now, there's been no negative impact because you can share calculates. As long as you get the first five or six to get a calculate, the back row doesn't care. There's no negative effect. There's nothing to encourage you to fly more precision and to watch for what your opponents are going to do because fuck it. There was no downside. Now there's a downside. And it's not just against your droid swarm. It's against everybody. If I crash Fen into Boba, guess what? My four-hull ship is now a three-hull ship, potentially. And that's going to hurt Fen. It also might hurt Boba. Like, who knows? But I'm okay with this. This encourages me to get better at not being stupid when I put my maneuver templates down and paying attention to what order my ships are activating in so that I don't accidentally cut a hard left into a ship that shouldn't have been there because next time, I don't want to take that damage. I think this is encouraging a little bit more skill play rather than just let's cram all of our ships into the same amount of space and then take the shots that we can take and then fly past each other. This encourages more planning. This encourages more strategic yeah. setups with your ships. So I'm Personal gonna opinion. One, I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to give it to JJ because I, I've been cutting you off. So um, I don't think this actually does 100% encourage that specific thing because the difference would be is I'm going to fly up to your Dengar, I'm going to shoot you without bumping, and then I'm going to I'm going to fly past you. And then you're going to have to rotate, which is fine because it's a Dengar thing, and I think you should be able to do that because Dengar is worth a lot more points than my droids are. <laughs> but I'm just going to fly past you. I'm going to be honest. Like, as a droid player, I've already been theorizing how I'm going to avoid how I could fly in a block and still avoid you. Now I will tell you independent calculates just like went through the roof in stock period. I can now run two or three droid like mini swarms and, and move on. Right. I'm just like that. That's a thing. Now I think the problem is I don't think this actually fixes that issue of, of running into you and disengaging. I think it fixes the issue of me being able to, fortress you and stop you from going where you can't go 
I, I think that does that. But I don't think that it actually forces a better engagement. Because I'm literally could just run a block, shoot you, run half of them past you, the other half out the side. And two turns later, I'm going to turn around and run back into formation against you. I can do so, it. I've done that before. I know you said we were going to turn this over to JJ, but JJ, if, it, if I may. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. In the Star Wars universe, which is what this game is based on, I can think of two major events where a ship collided with another ship. An A-Wing with a Star Destroyer and Vader with the Death Star. What happened to both of those pilots? One died and the other went careening off into the, into the nether void because Han hit him, he hit the Death Star and went off. He didn't just lose his focus and still get a shot back. He was gone. And the A-Wing pilot that sacrificed his life to take out the Super Star Destroyer or the Star Destroyer or whatever the... Excuse me. I, I got it. I got it, Nobby. I fixed it. <laughs> I fixed it. Calm down, Nobby. Anytime a ship in the Star Wars universe has collided with another ship, there was a penalty for it. Whether it was friendly or not, it happens. It's true. All right. JJ? So I'll, I'll let you. I won't respond, even though I want to. I'll, I'll let it. I'll let it alone. So there, there's two points I wanted to make with this here. Um, first is while yes, swarms would definitely be affected by this, as particularly the tie swarm that wants to, um, like be around Howl Runner at range one, um, in formation. Um, probably not going to be able to do that anymore. What you can do, however, is um, you can either run Snaggle 2 formations, assuming that you're running six ships or more, right? And you, you spread them out um, because the way that the ships will move, you're less likely to like hit each other the way you're going. And because you're more spread out to give yourself more space, you're less likely to hit your own ships going in that way. The only exception to that was if you're facing multiple large base ships, right? Or you could do a reverse delta formation where you have two ships up front and then one in the back. Um, in the event that you end up bumping a friendly ship, it's only going to be with that ship in the back in in that off chance that you do that, right? Um, just changes the way how you you fly those particular type lists. The second part is the reasoning why AMG decided to do this particular setup for it. And it goes back to scenario play. Um, my, my guess is, is when they were playing testing these scenarios, they wanted to set up these particular rules in particular to avoid people abusing these effects for, for certain scenario play. For instance, zone control. If I wanted to keep control of two particular zones and make sure that I'm not going anywhere else, what am I going to do? I'm going to bump my own friendly ships. So in order for them to disincentivize people using that, that particular strategy, they're putting this penalty to bumping into friendly ships so that way you are forced to move and spread out your formations more and cause you to move forward to engage more. Um, the other reason probably that they, um, they added more stricter effects on obstacles is that's another viable strategy, right? You know, you put in, you bring in gas clouds, which before only gave you the chance of getting a strain and just bump yourself onto there and you're staying behind an obstacle, getting that, that, um, that obstacle bonus from range. And you're probably going to stay in that, that area to control that particular area. Right. And that's, that's abusable. So I think that AMG again, made those particular objectives just to discourage that particular style of play for the scenario play. Um, I think that's the reason why they brought these particular changes for um, for range zero bumping, um, and or sorry, for bumping friendly ships and enemy ships. So that way, when it gets to those contested parts um, and 
you know, it, it comes to a point in the scrum where you end up with bumping a particular ship and you have nobody else to shoot at, right, with the old rules. At least with this, you know, providing that range zero uh, focus on an enemy ship while you're getting shot at from other ships that are outside the arc, it gives you a chance, um, particularly on those fragile aces that, yes, they have three agility, but if they get bumped, they get no mods whatsoever. This at least gives them a chance on defense to have that mod to survive that particular attack. Now, while they have that passive mod, it also doesn't allow them to reposition anywhere um, to, to get out of it. But at least it gives them a chance in the scenario type formats where they are forced to go in and engage and be part of that scrum to take control of that particular objective. And I think that's the overall sentiment behind these changes. Yeah. I, and, and how about this? I'm going to, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to disagree with some of the changes, but we're committed to moving forward. And, and how about this? You want to hear the positive side of it. So usually like in management, we talk about a positive thing. So I said positive things. I got pissy at AMG. Now I'm going to say positive things and I'm going to direct it specifically towards the bumping aspect. A, I like the fact that you do take damage to some extent because it's going to be universal. It's not going to affect just my droids. It affects M3A, M3A swarms, it affects um, stupid rebelists that want to do one forwards all the time. It affects more than just my list. So on a positive side, like in reality, it does actually, like if it, it, it is fair and balanced in how it affects the game. On another positive note, it, because of the the asteroid changes, if I do, and, and, and you can ask Charles, but I don't always fly in formation after a certain point. Like, typically, I'm a, I'll am fly in formation and then I split up. And I, I do different weird maneuvers to force you to try to think, why in God's green earth did Chris do this stupid-ass maneuver here? <laughs> because I should it's never have done called scotch. That. That's why Chris did it, that maneuver. Okay. It, it is usually <laughs> called squat, scotch, but I play better um, drinking scotch than I do uh, so but I can land on these obstacles and you're going to be more hesitant to come after me on an obstacle because if you do accidentally clip that obstacle, you're fucked. I can shoot you, but you ain't shooting me, you know? So yep. as much as I do not like the overlapping thing, I will hundred percent. I'll give it a chance. A, I do understand the logic in, in it. I understand the, the, the reasons for it. And, um, I, I agree with you in the scenario thing. And because I think scenario play outdoes my dogfight bumping, I'm all for it, right? Because of the pure fact that I want scenario competitive play for the challenge. I want that unique challenge. And I'm open to AMG hopefully fucking banning some of these stupid-ass cards that exist in the game. Um, <clears throat> Supernatural reflexes, Kylo, I'm looking at you. Because that's just mm -hmm. disgusting, dumb bullshit. Um, uh, Torkoal Mux is another one that I hope they ban. Oh, um, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to get that little dig in there. All I right. know you did. All right. So we've hit two fucking out. We've hit two hours. And yes, I've been, I've been drinking a little bit more than I normally do. So I'm swearing a little bit more than I normally do. We've hit two hours. There is a few more changes that they've made, but we're not going to cover them tonight. They have a banned and restricted list. We're not going to get into that yet. They have a range zero shooting. We will cover that next week, or um, I'll make an announcement in a minute about um, our Thursday games moving to a different day, um, and maybe we'll cover that then. 
They're also talking about, um, you know, the road and how some of the different formats are changing. Um, I didn't think they were as important. Ring Zero is kind of important, but I want to respect. It's, it's a long time. Yeah, that that could be another 20 minute discussion for us. So we're going to table that, I think, tonight. Um, yeah, don't effort. forget our trilogy tournament practice. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Got, oh my God. We, we got so much coming up. Um, yep. So with that being said. We're going to end the show. I'll give everybody uh, a couple of seconds to give, you know, their last thoughts for the night. But before I give the the show back to the rest of the team, I want to make an announcement. JJ and I had a good discussion. We're going to move since GSP is not doing Wednesday night streaming anymore. Um, we're moving our Thursday night streams to Wednesday night. And we're not so that we don't compete with Nickel City. So if you're a normal um, Thursday night follower, we're moving to Wednesday nights to stream in hopes to get more some more viewers and to not steal viewers from Nickel City. Um, because I really like that guy. I think that guy's really nice. Um, and uh, they yes, he still does actually. Yeah, and he's been traveling, so that's why we are gonna. We're actually working on some sort of a team up with Nickel City in the new year. So uh, stay tuned for some of our discussions about that. It's just it takes a while to work some of that out. But we're going to try to do some sort of a competitive nature uh, between the two um, podcasts, I guess. We're not really podcasts, but um, anyway. So, all right. With that being said, I'm going to let the two of you, you guys, what is your final thoughts before we wrap up? Charles, you go first. Book of Boba Fett. That is the only thought that I have. Book of Boba Fett. All right. For me, um, even though we we won't be able to cover it today, um, most likely next week, we did get a little Justice Rosari. So, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry. I apologize. We will <laughs> make sure you put that in the doc, or uh, yes. JJ, yeah. for next week. So Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hit that. Just for Nobby. Yep. Yep. Just for Nobby. Um. With that being said, thank you all for joining us. We will be back Wednesday uh, to stream some games. Um, I don't have no idea what we're going to stream this week. I don't. We maybe we'll be practicing trilogy or LVO stuff. I think. Yeah. Just as an FI, FYI, I need my practice for LVO a lot, and we need our practice for trilogy. Um, though I don't know, JJ, do you guys want to stream your list? Like, is that? I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Sure. Okay. I, right. It's a work in progress anyway, so I mean, I didn't know if it was like the secret thing we couldn't tell anybody, so we just can't tell Nobby. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah, play Nobby. He's gonna win his own tournament anyway. Okay, so <laughs> he's gonna win. His... <laughs> is that <laughs> is that because he created his own rules? Oh, my that's God. right. All right. Um. So anyway, so, no, so no, when... Nobby Meta is real. <laughs> if you want to play on Wednesday, we have a sign up sheet uh, for that. If you don't want to play and you just want to watch us make asses of ourselves, uh, join us. My guess is, is what will happen is who I am not playing the trilogy tournament. It is actually going to be JJ, John, and Charles this time. Um, I'm going to do the streaming for our group here, um, which I found out we can stream. Uh, and I'm actually hoping we might be able to pick up some other streams. <coughs> Nobby. Uh, so if there's other people that want to stream and they want to be consistent at night, um, and only stream at night, but I would, um, like to do that. Um, we are kind of offering our platform for that. I'll happily stream. Um, and, uh, I'm building a new computer. I don't know how long it'll take to build to get here, but, um, if you have recommendations on a new computer, I got some 
some cash that freed up uh, from not having to pay for phones and computers, and I now have a little bit of extra cash I can finance a new computer. So if you have suggestions, send them to me in Discord. Anyway, thank you all for joining us and for the new Charles rant podcast, the Dill Pickle <laughs> rant. We're going to call it the Dill Pickle rant of the day. So uh, Charles gets a Dill Pickle rant of every day. With that being said, we'll be back next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Planning Phase Syndicate Twitch. 9 p.m. Eastern, folks. Otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday. Have a good night.